What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to the NerdWide Podcast. As you can see, this is Tyler, the flaming hearth behind, beside you on the left, if you're watching on the video, with my favorite co-host, Mr. Chris Rivers, with the logo behind him. How are you, Chris? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, I would be doing a lot better if I could find out why my camera is not working. Uh, we've had technical issues tonight, which is all fine and dandy, but for some reason, the camera will not work. And it's like I'm curious, having some fun homework this week. I'm curious to see what the thumbnail is going to look like on this one. <laughs> uh. I just put a picture of a campfire or something up. <laughs> uh, we have had some some crazy storms uh, the past 72 hours here in Nashville, Tennessee. I uh, hope everyone is doing well if you're in this area. Um, I hope everyone got through unscathed, rather. Um I don't know. I don't think that's what messed anything because we didn't lose any power. So I don't think that's what messed the camera up. I hope the camera is just not done. I just decided to wake up and say, uh, I don't want to work anymore. But we'll work from there. But guys, this is the NerdWide Podcast, episode 52. Don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting services of your choice. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave the thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating for the podcasting apps. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment and let us know how we can improve the show. If you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwine. Toss us a couple bucks that way. There's three different tiers there if you cho choose so to do it that way. Uh, Chris, how's your week been? Oh, it's been dandy. Mm. Um, yeah. No, we uh, we pulled another max overtime week at work. Oh, uh, fun. Yeah, so... We did three th till 3.30 in the morning four nights this week, and then Friday night, we were supposed to work till 12.30. We got out at midnight, made it home about, I'd say, an hour and a half or so before the power went out, mm. and the power didn't come back on until after noon. Of course. On Saturday, which we're a lot more fortunate than uh, than other people. But right. um, so no good sleeping then, if you did sleep. Not not a ton of good sleep and and not a lot of time to do anything because yeah. obviously to watch stuff that we have to watch, we need electricity. Yeah, that's so. isn't that crazy how that works? <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. We had I had the. The video game awards this past week i stayed up late on of course that friday night i did not sleep at all just because i'm not really paranoid when it comes to weather but i try to pay attention to as much as i can and i knew it yeah. was going to be a horrible one and uh -huh. i think i got 45 minutes if that before the storm got close to close to nashville and right. then i went back to sleep when it all came and was done and Stella maybe let us sleep maybe two more hours after that. So not a, not a whole lot of sleep, but it's again we got more. We didn't have any. I think it hailed pretty good, and then it was a little bit windy because we we were in our in our bathroom uh, when it got here because the storm system that came through was the one that had tornadoes everywhere. So yeah, apparently it kind of just jumped uh, the city that I live in, and kept moving. So. Don't know which is, why, which is great, but yeah, um, the earlier storm got—I don't know if you've seen the photos of Mayfield, Kentucky. Oh, that's horrible. It's not there anymore. Mm -mm. It's weather is absolutely crazy, but let's 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 be a little bit of a, a distraction for everybody this week. Of course, yeah. Yeah. our TV—we don't have a whole terrible lot of news for everything except for the video game awards uh, for our gaming section. But we do have a fun show to talk about. Chris, did you watch anything uh, TV-wise this week? Nothing outside of... Um, I got the fifth and sixth episodes of Hitmonkey watched and uh, the fourth episode of Hawkeye. I need to keep pick up Hitmonkey so. again. Other than the episodes we've watched together, I need to... I think I'm going to do that this week. I want to pick up The Expanse this week, but I, I really am at this point that I need to finish the shows that I have started so I can watch more shows. Like, I'm, Supergirl is not really keeping me uh, attentive 
I guess is the word I'm looking for. Like a, you're not super excited about Supergirl. Yeah, and like I'm I'm over halfway through the season, so I mean you've got that different new villain now than what you had at the very beginning of the season. Hmm. I'm just not. I don't know. I just something about it's just not having me latched into it. So I haven't been watching that, but I've I saw something on social media that said uh, fans were upset. They wanted uh, Kara and um, oh, what's Lex Luthor's sister? Lena. Lena. They wanted Kara and Lena to get together, and apparently that's not happening. I mean, they're neither one of them are homosexual, so I don't know why. I guess they've been teasing stuff from what oh. people said. I, I could, I could see it, but like, I mean, they're just best friends in this show. I mean, she's very much want to. I mean, she Monel, I think that's the name, right? The one she was mm-hmm. dating in real life. She still might be dating in real life, but I mean, I don't know. People are want what they want, and anyways, it's just not. It's just very cheesy, and some of the acting is not that good. Again, don't know if it's the pandemic, yeah. but or they just said, yeah, it's the last season, so who really cares? Or should kind of make it. But mm. that, and of course, my normal shows, <laughs> Bachelorette, uh, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and Scrubs. I think that's it. That's all I've been watching. But let's let's yeah. talk about some Hawkeye episode four here. Well. I really enjoyed this episode. I even I watched it this morning, and I even tweeted out after I got done. I said, I'm thinking Hawkeye is going to become my favorite Disney Plus MCU show, because mainly because of Kate uh, Haley Steinfeld. It's a yeah. lot of fun. We are going to do spoilers. Uh, it's finally happened. Uh, spoilers, by the way, if you were if you have not watched this episode, please tune off now. But Yelena is finally in the show. And right when it happened, uh, this had gotten already gotten spoiled for me because I follow Zach Braff, who is dating Florence Pugh in real life. And he shared the fight scene because she shared the fight scene, which ended up banning her on Instagram for 24 hours because people oh. reported it enough for spoilers. And I'm like, how do you do that? Because she's that's the actress. That's <laughs> the episode's out. It's not like she did it two weeks in advance. Right. Right. That's. <laughs> but that oh, but that's how God. I got spoiled that she was in the episode. Other people have been spoiled by like news sites saying, if you have not watched Black Widow, do not watch this episode of Hawkeye. And I'm like, okay, guys, that's, you know, tongue in cheek oh. what it is. Yeah. I, but I mean, at the same time, we knew she was going to mm-hmm. be in the show. And after this, there's only two episodes left. So you figured she's she's got to be in here right right? uh the big question still is do we see kingpin oh see they keep talking about him every episode Uh i feel like they have talked about him and i don't i really want to and i hope vincent is you know he on social media he's very much you know i'm not in anything but he's been kind of quiet ish about it he's not as vocal as he has been but I'm like, oh, I really want him back as Kingpin. When it comes to Marvel projects, you cannot trust anything anybody says. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, that is the way it has to be with the MCU. Kevin Feige runs yeah. a close ship, though. Yeah. Uh, uh, even their leaks are approved. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, they, they did a lot of, they did a little press tour, him and Sony... Uh, we've talked about it last week. I'm blanking on it. Pascal. That's her last name. Um, whichever her name Pedro is. Pedro Pascal. Yeah, not Pedro Pascal. Amy Pascal. There oh, it is. Amy Pascal. Uh, but they had Pedro a, came to mind first. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we'll talk about him here in a minute. But they, they had like a bunch of pressers. And he was, I forget what he was. There was a character he was talking about. And he was like, oh, I don't even know. Like, he goes, I don't pay attention to social media and leaks and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, Kevin. I'm sure you don't, buddy. (laughs) Um, Right. This one had a lot of fun Easter eggs in it. I'm actually going to BuzzFeed by Nora Dominic for this one, for everything I see. Um, Let's see. There's some cheesy stuff. So when Kate comes over to the apartment and decorates for Christmas, 
that was actually in the same Hawkeye run uh, with Matt Faction and David Aha that did the mm-hmm. art and everything for this certain run. It was actually Tony Stark that comes and helps Clint decorate instead of Kate in the comic series. So I thought that was a fun little thing. Cool. Uh, Clint seen drinking out of a mug that says Thanos was right, which is our second Thanos was right uh, reference. I mean, of all the coffee mugs, I'm sure he could have picked something different. But uh... yeah, the <laughs> the first reference was uh, written on a urinal. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a lot of people are making memes out of that, by the way, and like taking that out and putting other things on there. It's really funny. But... Uh, <laughs> when Kate is drawing all the names and trying to piece everything together, that poster is actually uh, for another Moira Brandon movie called A Chance of Love. Also, you'll notice one of the names on the poster is Sean Bronson, who is an art director on the Hawkeye show. So that was a nice little fun little Easter egg for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, the cool little scene where he can, where he says he can, uh, I can knock somebody unconscious with a little ornament. Like, it looks like a little penny uh, 20 feet away. She says, no, you can't. And then he throws it and turns the TV off and then goes and teaches her how to do it. I thought that was such a great – again, I love the yeah. relationship because it's not a girlfriend or you know sexualized relationship. It's a more so of a – I don't want to say father-daughter. A, a mentor. Yeah, a mentor to a protege kind of thing. And I really yeah. love that. And I think it's one of the things I really like about the show is is that they're not doing it that way, but they're making it – it's just a, a mentor, like a new – of course, you know, a young Avenger – and I, oh, I just I, want more episodes. I, I know. And that's that's really going to bug me. And she's going to be like Yelena from Black Widow. I just want more Florence Pugh. I just want more of them. And yeah. I mean, we're getting more Florence and these, obviously, the next two episodes, I'm sure. There's no way she's not in the next two. Uh, uh-huh. But that was something else. Like, um, I'm curious. And I was texting my brother when I watched these. And I said, do does Clint know about uh, Yelena? I mean, I know she's not really her sister, but has, has she ever told him about her? I don't, the way that they both looked, I don't think so. And the way he said that it was a Black Widow assassin, I don't think that's his, I don't think he knows. Maybe she kept that part of her life extremely private from everybody, but it's hard to think that she kept anything from Clint. Well, she. I mean, she could have told him about the stuff when they were younger, but she didn't rediscover her until, what, right after the events it was, it was of Civil a, War? Civil War, so I mean, how, many, how many chances they had to talk anyway. Right. So that's a good point. Um, the police officer and LARPer that retrieves Clint and Kate's trick arrows is named Wendy Conrad. In the comics, Wendy goes by Bombshell, which is why it's written on her bag in the episode. I thought that was nice tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, I like uh, to. Uh, I like Kate's suggestion. Well, what about boomerang arrows? Right. <laughs> it's like, why would I want boomerang arrows? It's just so they'll come back to you. And he's like, again, why would I want boomerang? <laughs> uh, that same scene with the LARPers. There is uh, a LARPer named Orville, who, uh, and I'm assuming that's a nod to Orville Bach, who is oddball in the comics. And they talk about getting new super suits. Which, or it's a nod to Seth MacFarlane's show, The Orville. That's like, true. It could be. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, number 14 on here says, okay, okay, I'm going to try to remain calm. Clint tells Kate that the stolen watch is attached to someone's secret identity. Um, and it's, it, this person says, and I'd like to float the theory that maybe it's Laura Barton's uh, watch. He's very concerned about getting it back. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's maybe it's Clint's watch that he had. Because, I mean... They talk about the watch and the Ronin suit together, and I want to say maybe that's his watch, so she always knows where to find him. And maybe the the ping, the transponder, whatever, is linked to their house or something. I don't know, or I don't, I don't know if it's his wife. That seems like a very silly one to me, or very easy. Let me put it that way, very easy one. I would like to say it's someone we don't know about yet, maybe, but this it's linked to a secret identity. So I don't know who else has a Rolex watch that secret is still secret at this point. But right. let's see. Um, let's see. During the fight on the roof with Clint and Kate, you can see like Yelena do Natasha's fighting pose, which she hilariously made fun of in Black Widow. Mm. Uh, oh, the heartbreaking yeah. one to me 
and I know they did it on purpose, and I know probably a lot of people caught on to this Easter egg, was when Kate was falling off the roof, they had the parallel with Black Widow falling off the cliff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that was heartbreaking. I mean, they even flashed back and forth on that scene, and mm-hmm. that hurt, but luckily she did not die. I thought she was about to fall off that roof multiple times, but she did not. Well, and then, and then, and then he cuts the rope that she's hanging by, and she goes flying through the... Or falling through the Christmas lights. Right. What a, what a nice little cheeky thing to do there, too. So, yeah. Uh, see, finally, when Kate decides to not shoot Elena, it mirrors when Clint and Natasha first met. Earlier in the episode, Clint told Kate he didn't shoot Nat because I just had a feeling that she wanted out. I don't know if that's... Because you can see Elena shake her head no. And I'm curious what your thought was on that. Why do you think she didn't shoot her? Because to me, mine was, oh, Kate's not a killer. And right. that's why she didn't shoot her. So I don't I, I don't know. I think it's that, and maybe she did have a feeling. Just kind of paralleled um, it from the beginning of the episode. Yeah, she went with her gut. Yeah. Just kind of deciding that, like, yeah, she's not just going to up and kill somebody. Right. But at the same time, you know, also the fact that um, Echo and Yelena clearly were not expecting each other to be there. Mm-mm. So this is not someone who's fighting against against you with this other person. So it could very easily be a case of thinking, you know, maybe this person's just... Maybe it could turn into a situation for them, and I think this is the way it probably goes, where the enemy of my enemy is my friend kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, so she could have also held off for that reason. It's going to be a fun next two episodes. Like, I just, I'm in the same exact boat with you, though. I don't want this show to end. It's so much fun, and the the chemistry between Clint and Kate is, like, it's, it's awesome to watch. Like, when they were eating dinner with her parents, and yeah. very clearly everyone knows he's a superhero, and he's like, mm, no, she's, you know, not partners. That was the whole theme of this episode was partners. And, yeah. oh, the ugly Christmas sweaters, Lucky the dog. It was just so much fun. I, I just want more. I really do. But, I liked What If, but I would have given up four episodes of that to get two more episodes I of this show. I absolutely agree. I, I'm just going to be honest. I would give the whole What If show just for a whole ten episodes of this one. But <laughs> yeah. But next week it will be the pin ultimate episode for Hawkeye, and it's going to be fun. And I can't wait because we're getting Yelena. So, first news story here we got for TV: Colin Farrell will reprise Penguin in his role, Penguin's role in HBO Max's The Batman spinoff show. We're going to Variety.com for this one. It's by Joe Otterson. Colin Farrell is officially signed on to star and executive produce a series spinoff of The Batman, in which he would again play the Penguin. Variety has learned exclusively from sources. Farrell played first portrayed the villainous character in The Batman, starring Robert Pattinson, which is due to be released on March 4th, 2022. The series would then reportedly delve into the Penguin's rise to power in the Gotham criminal underworld. Variety first reported the series was in development back in September, though Farrell was not attached to it at the time. Uh, Lauren LaFranc, who is attached to write the script for the series, Along with Farrell, the Batman director Matt Reeves and the film's producer Dylan Clark would executive produce the Penguin series under their 6th in Idaho and Dylan Clark production banners, respectively. Warner Brothers Television will produce. Interesting. Yeah. Now, this one Very. gives me a Gotham vibe, um, yeah. which is what I'm hoping it goes for. Uh, we all know um, this Batman movie is going to be just kick-ass, but <laughs> just a Penguin show, bef- like a prologue to the Batman, is going to be different. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's, yeah. it, I hope it feels like um, Gotham. I saw this, and I, I don't know why, but it just made me think that... So I'm I'm a little bit older. Um, people don't realize how lucky they are with their entertainment stuff these <laughs> days. Uh, because it used to be that once someone became a movie star, they didn't go back to TV. Right. Um, so... You know, I, I remember um, Kevin Bacon a few years ago had that show on Fox, The Following. Um, 
and stuff like Colin Farrell here coming back to, even though it's a streaming show, it's still a show. Mm-hmm. And that weekly commitment, um, other people have, have done it in recent years as well. This is one of the cool things about the era that we're in in general for entertainment is people are willing to drop in and, and do stuff like this. And it used to not be that way, you know. Um, had they wanted to continue Tim Burton's Batman on TV, it's unlikely Michael Keaton would have signed on for that because right. he had a movie career. Um, a very good one, might I add. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's just very cool to see that this stuff's continually happening for these universes. Our next one here, Amazon Studios, speaking of continuing TV shows. Amazon Studios and Sony Pictures Television Studios have announced a new show spinning off of The Boys called Diabolical. I'm going to Deadline.com by Brandon Cho for this one. The Boys is receiving a wicked treatment. At the Brazil Comic Con, Prime Video announced The Boys Diabolical, a new eight-episode animated anthology series set in the universe of The Boys. The new series, set to premiere in 2022, will review will reveal untold stories in the world of The Boys. The stories in it come from certain Hollywood big names including Aquafina. Garth Ennis, Elliot Glazer, Ilana Glazer, Evan Goldberg, and Seth Rogen. Simon Rakiopa, I butchered her last name, or his name. Uh, Justin Roiland, Ben Bayuth, Andy Samberg, and Aisha Tyler. Quote, we're almost finished with eight episodes of our animated series, Diabolical. We gathered together some incredible creators and gave them one rule. Just kidding. There's absolutely no rules. They They blew the doors off of it, the boys executive producer and showrunner Eric Kripke said. Uh, I'm excited about this. Those are a lot of fun names. Aquafina and Andy Samberg, to name two of them, two that you know I've watched a lot of their work on. And right. it's going to be fun. And the fact that Eric Kripke said there are no rules, and I'm pretty sure it's going to have the same feel of Invincible because, again, Amazon Prime and their studios are the ones doing it. Yeah. Yeah, it should be it should be a fun little uh fun little show. The boys is still one I have to I have to watch. I, I can't wait. Uh, I, I seriously can't wait for you to delve into that one. It's But I've got all that I've got all that time off coming up, so it'll happen then. I plucked it. I expect a episode by episode uh review in text form. Oh, okay. <laughs> in text form. Yeah, just okay. just to keep me going through the day. Okay. <laughs> two uh the next two news stories I don't really have articles for. Nick Offerman is playing Bill in HBO's The Last of Us. I could not think this was a more perfect role if I could have named one. And I am so excited for the show, period. But I love Nick Offerman. And him playing Bill, the uh, survivalist, the paranoid survivalist, I guess, is what you would go with him. Mm -hmm. And he's going to be a lot of fun. And then... Last new story I have for TV is Superman and Lois Season 2 trailer has premiered, and the show will be coming out on January 11th. The, the first trailer looks really good. We're going to see a lot more um, lot more of Jonathan and why can't I think of the other brother's name that's got the powers? Jordan. Uh, Jordan. And Jordan's powers look like he is getting stronger with them, still not able to control them as well. And Superman needs help, and it's going to, like, the trailer looks like Superman is in danger, and Jordan has to help him and find him. And I don't know. It's going to be good. It has the same look that season one did, that darkish um, tone to it, I think is the word I'm looking for here. But, I mean, I'm excited. It's Superman and Lois. Hopefully they don't do what the first season did and just had those episodes where it didn't, didn't feel right. Right, it didn't feel like it moved the story at all. It was just mm-hmm. like filler. I'm hoping that we see Jonathan get something yeah. power-wise this year. I don't, I don't think they'll make him just a lowest character because that's just not fun, if you ask me. No. Uh, releases this week for TV. Wednesday, December fifteenth, Young Rock's holiday special on NBC, uh, which I imagine is the. I haven't done really too much research into it. I imagine it's the TV show, but it's a holiday special for it. And then more importantly, Chris, Friday, December 17th, The Witcher Season 2 drops on Netflix. And, oh, baby, that might be what I watched this week is the first season of The Witcher while I'm working. That's that's going to be a heck of a 24-hour period for you. So yeah. Thursday, Thursday night, Thursday night, we're seeing Spider-Man. Yeah. 
And then Friday night, you'll watch The Witcher. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm just going to. Or Friday during the day, probably. Yeah. Oh, no. That's a, it's a show that Jamie actually enjoys watching as well. So we our weekend might be filled with uh, good old Henry Cavill action, if there you, you will. Go. <laughs> yeah. All right. On to film. Um, I've already sort of spoiled this. I haven't watched anything else. Tyler, have you watched uh, anything? I watched The Matrix Revolutions. Is that the second one? Yeah. So uh, the podcast is kind of funny. They're doing a Matrix watch-along coming up until December 22nd for the new movie. Um, so I watched the first one last week, which I always keep forgetting to mention these. I keep forgetting to put them in letterboxes as well. And I watched... Um, so I watched Matrix Revolutions, and I've watched Spider-Man Far From Home. And that's actually the second time I've seen Spider-Man Far From Home, and which is a movie you think I'd watch more than once, but that's mm-hmm. the second time I'm watching it. And from what I have been told and read, for Spider-Man No Way Home takes off the exact same time that the Far From Home ends. So you can see it in trailers. Yeah. But yeah, those are the yeah, things I watched. <laughs> okay, so let's let's jump into this week's uh, review. And uh, first off, for those that listened to last week's show, uh, I did not get to watch Free Guy because of everything that was going on. Mm-hmm. So that's the one thing I could not get to. Um, but what I was able to watch, in keeping with our holiday theme, was Home Sweet Home Alone. This is sort of a so I watched the first two Home Alones, uh, and I didn't watch, I think there have been two or three others. Oh, there's been, uh, uh, I remember there's a Home Alone 5, so there, there's more than. Uh, so there's three others three. that use that name, and then now there's this. This is in the same universe. Yes, it does. I don't know if the others are. Um, in fact, uh, Buzz who is, uh, of course, Kevin's older brother in the uh, in the original, is a police officer in this one. Mm-hmm. Hilarious. Uh, so, it, <laughs> so it is connected to the universe. Well, Kevin's even um, in this one by name. By name, yeah. Apparently he started McAllister Home Security that's, Systems. That's so perfect. That's... Like, just the small little nods to the original Home right. Alone. And Home Alone 2 cracked me up. Like, I was, because they showed the sign first and didn't, like, put anything with us. Oh, it's a little cheeky little nod to that. And then he, then Buzz says something in the movie. I don't want to spoil it because it's a nice little nod back to it. It's a nice little Easter egg uh, to the original Home Alones. And I was like, oh my God, that's so great that he does that every year. Yeah. And yeah. it's so funny. It's so great. Um, so the, the premise of this one is is that a, a family has just relocated from London. And um, the little boy um, is the little boy that gets left alone this time. <laughs> and they have a lot of family over, which he's very uh, annoyed by. Mm-hmm. And when you finally get back to the house and you see him and the mom, and all these other family members, you can understand why. Uh, I mean, these people would make you hire a hitman. <laughs> uh, they just, it's just going crazy, the entire house. And uh, on top of it, the the family, uh, they've been split up. They were supposed to all be on the same flight over to Tokyo, where they're going to spend Christmas. And the airline had to bump some of them, so now some of them are on a different flight. And apparently, the mom and and the the son, Max, um, is his name, are on separate flights, and it's a it's a whole mess. So she's on the phone trying to figure that out. At the same time, there's another family, uh, presumably a few blocks over, that they're having to sell their home because mm-hmm. the dad lost his job and they haven't told the kids yet, and. Through some interactions, I believe it was with Max's mom, actually, because they stop into the open house because he needs to go to the bathroom. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> As you do. And uh, and anyway, the father, 
for the other. I'm trying to remember the family name. Uh, for, for the other family, McKenzie's. McKenzie's, the father for the McKenzie's, um, actually, finds out that this weird-looking, creepy little doll. That I think it was his mom had. Mm-hmm. Uh, is apparently worth over two hundred thousand dollars. Right. Goes for like two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars on eBay. <laughs> yeah. And so there's this. The doll ends up missing, and they presume that Max took it because he was being a little Pain. difficult. <laughs> um. So now they're trying to get into the house to get the doll back, and that's how they set up all of this. Um, I'm I'm gonna say that I enjoyed a lot of the traps. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt they made it different enough from Home Alone itself. It wasn't just a basically a shot for shot reboot. Right. Um, the one thing that got me and I was concerned that they weren't going to address it, is that I I kept sitting there thinking, you know, if, if this kid took this doll, he kind of has it coming. Right. <laughs> Th- these people are going into the house just trying to get their property back, and he's doing all this stuff to them, which is not in the same spirit as the first film. Mm-hmm. First film, Marv and Harry were actually bad guys. Mm-hmm. They were robbing people and then destroying their homes by flooding the homes. Um, this was just a couple trying to hang on to the house that they love and, and get this item back that would presumably help them do that. And it's the holidays. So I was a little worried with the way that it was going. Um, they kind of salvaged that. So... I came in on this one at three stars. I thought it was okay. That's um, that's where I put mine at. Was it three stars? It's right around. I'd the, watch it again. Oh yeah, yeah. It's again. It's one of those when I do these Chris when we do these Christmas movies. I always think of rewatchability or are these going to be a classic? I have to watch every holiday season. Like I don't think Christmas. it's. I don't think it's Iron Man three classic for no, Christmas thank you. time. But, thank you, Chris. You know. Speaking voice of reason. <laughs> No, I don't think it's like a Christmas Chronicles or the Santa Claus or anything that I'm going to revisit every year. Right. Um, but I enjoyed it, and it was a nice, I don't, not really a twist, but it was a nice way to to do this with having two different families. And right. you actually, like, you justified everybody's actions. But I'm not spoiling anything by saying this, but all of this could have been prevented by one conversation. Yeah, and not yeah. a lot of miscommunication in this movie. A lot, <laughs> but it, the ending I didn't really like because it was a little far out for me. Uh, the ending scene, if you know what I'm talking about, like I'm just like they yeah. these people wouldn't do this. <laughs> but the I was hoping for a little bit more traps into it, but it, it's like you said, it, how do you do these traps without doing what the original did, or you know. I mean, they had five movies that I know of and all at a house. So, I mean, how do you do that without, you know, doing the same kind of thing? I thought that these traps were fun, though. Some of these were downright murderous. And, but, I mean, were some, were, couple, some were the, some of the first ones. There, there were a couple that were a little bit unbelievable. Like, he saws in half one of the uh, spindles <laughs> right. on the railing of the staircase. <laughs> and it's like... He, how do you know he's going to grab that one? Right. Just got lucky. That's all that one was. You know. Um, but, it, yeah, it's it's a fun watch. Um, There's a lot of fun uh, guest appearances in this one, too. Yeah. Yeah, there are. I was... I don't think that there's as much... For those that have seen the original Home Alone, you're not going to get the same feel. Right. That that one get you know that one had the the subplot with um, the older man that there were all these rumors about in the neighborhood that he'd murdered his family and all mm-hmm. this and how Kevin gets close to him and he ends up helping him out, um, and he but he outside of that he really was kind of by himself, 
like I said, against some really, really bad, inept at times, but bad people. Um, that same threat wasn't there on this. Right. Um, so it is there. There is a very interesting uh, miscommunication that really drives this forward, though, when it's. Uh, <laughs> When it comes to the price of the doll, and they keep referring to the doll as the little boy. As the little ugly boy. <laughs> as the ugly little boy, and he's like, thinks they're talking about him. <laughs> Which um, is what a 10-year-old would do, though. Like, right. he's not going to think about the doll. <laughs> right. And uh, So good. There's, there's one point where he says, I'm not ugly. <laughs> um, I do like the gag that we get when, after they've scaled the walls of the house and they, they they open the door the back door to the house off the patio um, that was a nice little moment mm-hmm. um, so it's it's got it's got plenty of humor it's got fun traps would you recommend it? like I said I think it I think it's one people should watch yeah yeah, Disney Again, Plus probably... and just a boring night and want to watch a little yeah, Christmas-oriented movie. I'd even throw it on on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah. You know? Um, I don't think it's an every-year Christmas movie. I think it's something maybe... If I were doing a Home Alone mm-hmm. like binge watch, I would watch the first two Home Alones and then I would go to this one. I would, yeah. st- I would throw all the others out. Yeah. It's, they did a... Because I remember back when I was watching Home Alone one and two. I don't I don't think I believed that they would leave their kid behind. The way that they set it up in this movie is very believable to an extent. Like there was like I'm like, how would you I could see the miscommunication, but you would think the the mom would have that sorted out better than she did. Like she would know where her son is. But I could well, see from the other other flight how they thought that way. Yeah. So because he was going to be on the other plane in the mom's eyes and yet mm-hmm. everyone else thought he had gone with her. Right. And so there was this Yeah, in in the first one of course, they just there's a neighborhood kid that comes over and is talking to him while they're leaving and the older the oldest sister counts him as Kevin. Mhm. And and that's how it happens. But no one ever. It's like you're still on the way to the airport. Right. <laughs> when you get there, you would think you would realize Kevin's not here. Yeah. My son but didn't yeah. get his ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But definitely, uh, definitely worth a watch. And I think you already said right. You gave it three stars mm-hmm. as well. I gave it about three stars. About C plus B minus E area. Yeah. Uh, next week, of course, Spider-Man No Way Home. So that'll be fun. Tickets have already been bought. Can't wait. No excuses now. I've even got some some candy to sneak into the theater. <laughs> I'm going I'm... to do my best to not fall asleep. I don't think I will be. Because, I mean, I have to go to work the next morning. And I plan to sleep in. So it'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Eternals was rough for me because we watched it at like 1130 in the afternoon. Yeah, we had an early morning one. (laughs) All right. Next up here for news in film comes from Deadline.com. And three people on this byline, Anthony D'Alessandro, Nelly Andreva, and Justin Kroll. says, Destin Daniel Critton. Inc.'s overall deal with Marvel Studios and Hulu's Onyx Collective set for Disney Plus MCU series and Shang-Chi sequel. Um, So obviously, he was the filmmaker behind Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. And um, it looks like we are officially getting a sequel, which I think they... How long has it been since they initially revealed that uh i'm not i don't think it's been too terribly long maybe a month but yeah something like that but it's exciting that the original one is coming back because i mean the first one did fine like i mean i yeah. really enjoyed it we've talked about it on the show but it's i'm glad yeah so it says under the big new overall deal uh 
Crichton will develop TV projects for both Marvel Studios and Disney Plus and Onyx Collective across all platforms, including Hulu. Um, he's going to produce through a new production company. He's launching with partner Asher Goldstein named Family Owned. And together they'll focus on building a slate of projects in film and TV that highlight the experiences of communities that have traditionally been overlooked by pop culture. That's so awesome. Yeah, so the fact that he's going to touch on all of those platforms. Mm -hmm. This is going to be interesting. All that Disney-owned money, Um, baby. Yeah, cash and those checks. Uh, and it does mention that worldwide, Shang-Chi has grossed close to $432 million. Good, good, good. good. So, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what they come up with. I'm especially curious as to what they're going to do with the sequel. Mm-hmm. Um, Have to be fighting his sister. Yeah, I would think, you know, and, and then how will that... Uh, relationship developed between Shang-Chi and what was oh, I'm forgetting her name Aquafina's character name oh, Katie? Katie, yep Okay, yeah, how will, how will their relationship develop? Because they're they're with the Avengers now, technically So, I mean, uh-huh. I mean you'd have to think that's the next time we see them is in an Avengers film You're gonna, We have to believe that Shang-Chi 2 won't come out until after the next whatever the next Avengers film is So, right could we see them pop up even for a scene in uh, in No Way Home? Don't you tease me with a good time, Chris. <laughs> All right, last bit of uh, film news. Extraction 2 is now officially filming. Of course, we talked about Extraction 1 um, a few episodes back. It was very enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So we wondered at the time, because of the way they ended the film, um, if, in fact there would be a sequel. And I think it was, what, two weeks later they announced announced the second one. (laughs) They're they're listening, Tyler. Right. I'm I'm telling you they are. I mean, someone has to be because we had that whole debate. Was that uh, Tyler sitting or standing by the pool of the kid? Right. And obviously it is. And so the the image, I think it was the director shared out, was of uh, Chris Hemsworth standing on the side of a train in a snowy little uh, Iceland region. And Chris Hemsworth reshared it and also said, you'll finally find out how he survived. And I'm like, thank you, because he got shot through the jugular. I mean, that's maybe two minutes and you're dead. And then the yeah. dude falls into the water. I mean, this is major spoilers for extraction, by the way. Falls into the water and, I mean, is presumed dead. Don't know how, you know, anyways, but yeah. That's, that water was one big Lazarus pit. Ah, I see. This was, I yeah. think this was also like a, a prequel to uh, Thor 2. So before he's gotten yeah. a hammer in Thor, you know, he's, he's still trying to be worthy. Uh. <laughs> All right, releases this week. December 17th in U.S. cinemas. Spider-Man No Way Home. It's this little film. Home. Not many people are talking about it. Chris, I but can't it wait. might be. It might be good. We're going to have seven people watching it with us. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And I I can't wait. We've got good seats. I am muting every form of Spider-Man, every form of every actor I could think of on Twitter. So nothing gets spoiled. And it's, it's going to be fun. I just, I can't wait for that movie. It's like almost in-game level hype for me. For uh, almost, not there yet, but almost. What would you do if somebody spliced in all the spoilers during the previews for the? Yeah, they're gonna have to be fired. You know, that's just that's fired. Uh, Disney's gonna have to let them not watch anything ever again. So. Could you imagine sitting there in the movie and you're watching previews and all of a sudden all these spoilers for the movie you're there to watch come up? Oh, you gotta be a special kind of tool for that. (laughs) Chris, you been playing any video games this week? Uh, very very little gaming. And what little I did were my normal ones. So, Well, Chris, let me tell you about two little small games, one of which I talk about often, and that is Destiny 2. Tuesday this week is what they released the content from Bungie's 30th anniversary. They released a whole bunch of new content in Destiny. And, Chris, it is so much fun. 
I haven't played, I don't think I played any in November. No, that's not true. I played a little bit of the Halloween event right before it ended. But other than that, I have not played any Destiny in November. And now here we are in December, and I am hooked. I have, there's this game and the next game I'm talking about, I have not put down all week long. And it's just been so much fun. It's been a breath of fresh air. It's a lot of fun. They even added in Halo weapons because Bungie was the one that made Halo 1, 2, and 3. So right. that's ingrained in their history. And so they brought some weapons into Destiny and some armor looks and things. Obviously not the same names, but it's just so cool to see that they did that. And oh, I can't, I just, it's just a lot of fun. And I can't stop playing Destiny again. And it's probably going to last all the way up until February in theory. So, and then the next one is a little game that we have been waiting to play and we have talked about for years. And that is Halo Infinite. Now, I've been playing the multiplayer uh, semi-often. I'm just I'm, Halo, to me, is a lot more fun to play when you get people to play with. Um, mm. But the campaign dropped this Wednesday, and it is beautiful. And I am, and I can officially say it, I am 100% happy they took a year off. Now, we don't have everything in this game yet. Like, there's no co-op, there's no forge mode, but they said it's coming. And there's also the beginning scene you can't replay, or any of the main story campaign missions you cannot replay yet. They said they're working on it, but for us, that we want to get this game polished, ready to go, so you guys can play it, and it's playable. And it is so much fun. Like, the, the grapple shot, the movement, the open world of it all is a lot of fun, and this is a game, uh, game of the year contender for me. So when we do our show at the end of this month i mean this one is going to be high up there for me hopefully i could beat the campaign by then i'm also one of those completionists so i have to do everything in the game and that's distracting right. me from the main missions each time i open up a new area i am beating everything else before i continue the story and i mean this is if you've got game pass everybody needs to play this game you do not need to play the other games uh, you know one through five to understand what's going on in this one it obviously helps with the lore but they set it up mm -hmm. where it's not, you know, you can't learn it in the first mission before going into open world and everything. It's a lot of fun. Right. And the Banished is a fun enemy to play against. So, Yeah, I'll, I'll probably play the campaign. I don't know that I'll jump oh, into Chris, it's so good. multiplayer. But... It's, it's addicting. Be careful. <laughs> but ladies and gentlemen, I said at the beginning of the show, I watched the Video Game Awards, and it is time for NerdWide's review of the game awards 2021 first off we're going to go through the uh we'll go through the majority of the 30 uh awards up for grabs we'll go through the big ones and i'm going to ign.com this is by adam bankhurst for this one and they go from they start at the top and go down to the bottom so game of the year it takes two nobody saw that coming and it was beautiful and i'm really glad this game won that best game direction death loop Best Narrative, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. The game Chris and I said we weren't going to buy and play has got me really wanting to play. I've heard nothing but great things about it. And now i got Best Narrative, so that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Best Art Direction went to Deathloop. Best Score and Music went to Near Replicant version 1.22474487139. Best Audio Design. And I thought that would go to Cyberpunk. Well, a lot of really people did. were curious of why cyberpunk was on this list but where it released last year i mean that makes sense uh, best audio design of course went to forza horizon 5 best performance went to maggie robertson of resident evil village the big tall vampire lady game well deserved yes and she was shaking the whole time and so excitedly happy um, games for impact went to life is strange true colors again well deserved is that one as well Best ongoing game went to Final Fantasy 15, uh, 14 online. Best indie game went to Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, which I need to play that game. Uh, best debut indie game went to Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Best mobile game went to Genshin Impact. Best community support, which is the only one Destiny was up for, went to Final Fantasy 14 online. Best VR AR game went to Resident Evil 4. Innovation and accessibility went to Forza Horizon 5. And the one of the main ladies that... I think she, I forget what she was like the head of accessibility for Forza wasn't there, but she was live streaming it on Twitch and watching her reaction when they said they won 
was absolutely beautiful. I mean, you can just Google Forza Horizon 5 accessibility uh, lead uh, video, and you can find it. It's absolutely beautiful. Uh, best action game went to Returnal. Best action slash adventure game went to Metroid Dread. Best RPG went to Tales of Arise. Best fighting game went to Guilty Gear Strive. Best family game went to It Takes Two, which is very odd because the premise of that game, if you don't know, is a little girl who is making make-believe with two dolls that she made of her mom and dad, who the mom and dad are going through a divorce. And how that gets best family game, I really don't know. Um, so, because it's not really a family game. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> best sports and racing game went to Forza Horizon 5. Best sim and strategy game went to Age of Empires 4. Best multiplayer game went to It Takes Two. Man, they, uh, it Takes Two swept, by the way. Um, and then that's all. The rest is like eSports stuff. And then the most anticipated game is Elden Ring. Now, a lot of people... So I watch for the mix of awards and announcements that they make because this is a big announcement-heavy um, show. And so this next one here is everything announced at the Game Awards 2021. And Chris, there is one game... I know you're going to be excited about it if you haven't heard about it already. So we're going through the full list. These are in no specific order of how they were announced. Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss reveal The Matrix Awakens, an Unreal Engine 5 experience. Now this is for free and everybody that has next-gen uh, consoles and hardware can play this. And if you have not, I need everybody to download this. Uh, Chris, download this on your uh, PlayStation 5. And will do because this this is the new engine uh unreal engine 5 is and i have watched people play i haven't played it personally myself yet i know i mean this week but chris you cannot tell the difference between this game in real life and it scares the hell out of me and the fact that they're doing it first with the matrix is hilarious and so scary and i don't like it but i have like there are screenshots that i've seen and people are like is this from the movie or is this the game and like I, I don't know, I don't know I couldn't tell you, and it's like nope this is from the game I'm like of course it is so everyone please 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 download that it's maybe thirty minutes long, but it is absolutely beautiful. Next one, Star Wars Eclipse is a new action adventure game from Quantic Dream that is set in the High Republic. Got a nice little cinematic trailer for it. Alan Wake Two officially announced will be Remedy's first survival horror game. Uh, game is currently slated to be released in 2023. And then here was my freak out moment that I had no idea about. Wonder Woman game announced for Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor developers Monolith Productions with Warner Brother Games uh, announcing this. A new game for Middle Earth Shadow of Mordor or Shadow of War's Monolith Productions starred the iconic DC hero. While no release date was given, we did get a cinematic reveal trailer of this take on Wonder Woman. Apparently, uh, from a press release, it's supposed to be post-World War II is what it is. So, peak Wonder Woman. Two questions. Woman. I can't wait. Oh, I can't wait. Two questions. Okay. Two questions. So first off, can we please get Gal Gadot voicing the character? Oh, that'd be um, great. I forget who. There's someone and, already voicing. I forget who she is. She's been oh, in okay. several things. Um, the other thing is, they've struggled on DC property games with having combat systems as good as what Batman does with the Arkham games. Mm -hmm. So I'm curious if they're going to be able to equal that with this. I think they could. And what's crazy is about this one is, is this has the nemesis system in it, which is what mm -hmm. the, that's why they kept talking about the shadow of war, shadow of Mordor game. It's because that's what it had in it. It's the only one that's done it. And I, I can't wait. I mean, I just a Wonder Woman game is going to be so much fun if they do it right. I mean, I'm right there with you, Chris. We, we have to stay open-minded on this one because it could flop like every other DCEU movie. I said it. I went there. Next one, new Elden Ring trailer premiered in the new story cinematic story trailer. Suicide Squad killed the Justice League showed off its first real gameplay finally, and that game looks fun, and I will be playing it, yes. Uh, we saw a first look at the Halo TV series, although... Very short. It was maybe like a minute long. Did not show anything. Didn't tell us anything. So, I mean, you did see the Master Chief armor. So, I don't I don't know. Hellblade 2 Senua Saga. They gave us a nine-minute gameplay trailer again. I could not tell what was gameplay and what was cinematic. 
it was that good. Like there were certain parts that are like, okay, that's gameplay. But the way that it wove into each other, this this next gen is it's just gonna be too damn good. I can't like these games are crazy and what they're doing is gonna be so much fun. Uh Arc Raiders X Dice's de X Dice Dev's new game is a co-op PvE sci-fi shooter. For spoken release date, which is by Gary, uh, one of the writers is Gary Witta from uh, Rogue One, the Star Wars story. Uh, for spoken, the upcoming game from Square Enix featuring an ambitious, an ambitious mix of magic and parkour will be released on May 24th, 2022, on PS5 and PC. Again, cannot wait for that game. The, the gameplay looked fun and right up my alley. Next one, which is very near and dear to my heart, Horizon Forbidden West gameplay trailer reveal. And it looks so good. We got new armor. We got new monsters, new uh, robots to fight. Then we saw Sonic Frontiers, an open zone Sonic adventure officially announced. It's been rumored for a while. We also saw Sonic the Hedgehog 2. The movie trailer finally reveals Knuckles and Tails. And Chris, I'm all in. That is going to be a movie review. I am already calling it right now. Just go ahead and let you know there. You and got it. Then Cuphead, the delicious last course DLC, released and announced for June 30th, 2022. Star Trek Resurgence is a post-TNG game made by Tall Tale veterans. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it takes place shortly after The Next Generation. That's why I guess that's what TNG means. The Expanse, a Tall Tale series, is a prequel story to the TV series off of Amazon Prime. Again, I need to watch that show. A Plague Tale... Well, Go ahead. I'm very curious about it because I played the Batman Telltale games. They're so good. And really enjoyed them. Mm -hmm. So I'm in on anything that they do. Right. You know, let's see. But that's one I'll be looking forward to. Mm -hmm. um, I They announced this one in the pre-show. So, like, it didn't really get a real announce. It was really weird how they did it. But, yeah, I'm all in. A Plague Tale Requiem gets a brand new trailer. It's supposed to be released in 2022. Um, uh, let's see, and I think that, uh, Silent Hill creator announces a new game called Slitterhead. Um, uh, it's, uh, founded by Silent Hill creator Tachiro Toyoma. Among Us is going into VR. New Saints Row gameplay trailer shows off crazy new stunts and more. Uh, ex-Bioware devs reveal final, final, uh, excuse me, fantasy Victorian survival game Nightingale. Will not be playing that one. Well, that, that, that was the one that's uh, I'm up in the air. Slitterhead, obviously not. Uh, oh, come on. <laughs> Tiny Tina's Wonderland I trailer shows off chaotic fantasy action uh, ahead of its March 26, 2022 release date. Crossfire X is officially coming to Xbox on February the 10th. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak expansion new hub monster and NPC revealed. Final Fantasy VII Remake Integrate is coming officially coming to PC in May 2020. Uh, no release date. Oh, December 16th, 2021. So here in a couple of days. Dying Light 2 cinematic trailer shows off a terrifying world of festival zombies. Uh, Destiny 2. We got a new Witch Queen trailer for Destiny 2. Cannot wait. Uh, the Zelda Light Tunic finally has a release date on March 26, 2022. Persona 4 Arena Ultimax. Ultimax announced for PS4, Switch, and PC. And I think that's all I am going to cover. A lot of these other ones, like real indie ones for games that you have to be paying attention to. Oh, here's one. The Texas Chainsaw Massacre online multiplayer horror Ooh. game announced. Uh, fans of Leatherface are in for a treat as Gun Interactive and Sumo Nottingham have announced the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, an online horror game. Again, uh, I'm passing on that one. Oh, no. I think that's one we should play, Tyler. Just live stream it during a Halloween. Would you like to play a game? <laughs> and that that is everything. All your big major announcements from the Game Awards. Overall, it was a three-hour show. Three three and a half hours if you count the pre-show. It was long, but you have to for those ad spaces and everything because they had Giancarlo Esposito, Ming Na Wen, Simi Liu, like a lot of people, you know, announced awards and things like that. Uh, but it was a little long. The first hour and a half were the best hour and a half of gaming and things like that in awards. But they also noted, like I've seen in chats that I was watching, we had 90 minutes of show and two awards given out and presented on stage. And I'm like, oh, that's not good. So, I mean, it, but it's hard to have that balance because half of the industry comes before the awards but then half of the people tune in just for the announcements. So, I mean, it's it's yeah. hard, you know. 
And yeah, but you got to find a better balance than yeah, that. Than an th- hour and a half it, to award. Yeah, it was it was bad and it was rough. But the hour and a half, we had a lot of good announcements. And then towards the later half of the show, we didn't really have that many big ones. So you have to find a balance there. Uh, overall, this year, 2021 uh, Game Awards, I give it a C plus. Not a B. Ooh. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't the best. Of course, it was our first uh, in, in-person event in two years. Um, of course, due to the pandemic. And they still were at half capacity in the theater for the pandemic. But it was good to see faces in the crowd but uh notable new releases this week among us for playstation 5 the exit the xbox series and uh yeah the playstation xbox comes december 14th it's a fun game and i think i'm going to download on xbox if it comes with game pass which i believe it does i've played it on pc and it's a lot of fun ladies and gentlemen but guys, thank you all for listening. We hope you enjoyed this uh, show this week. It's been a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed a talking fireplace. That's something you don't get anywhere else. Don't forget to subscribe and share on all your favorite social media platforms. And forget to rate and review us on whatever podcasting service you use. On social media, you can follow the NerdWide account at nerd underscore wide. You can follow me at Ty underscore Haynes. And you can follow Chris at MavTN7. If you go see Spider-Man this week, let us know how excited you are down in the comments below because we absolutely can't wait. Uh, and we'll be watching it together. So make sure you are waiting and watching next week's episode because we're going to have Hawkeye Episode 5, the penultimate episode, and our Spider-Man No Way Home review. And I imagine it's absolutely going to blow our socks off, and I can't wait. But, guys, this has been this week's episode of the Nerdway Podcast, and we cannot wait to come with you next week with all those fun reviews, and we will see you then. Later, guys.